0: video vampires with With jessica
1: and mickey (laughs) i like the the hesitation there yeah i was like Um,
0: wait a second who am i i don't know most of the time Uh, i saw a
1: lot this this uh since we've talked i did
0: too i'm impressed with myself for how much i've watched lately because and and I guess I shouldn't be because most of that is due to like loneliness and isolation, (laughs) but I'm like, Oh, I watched something besides the same things that I've been watching over and over and over again for most of my life. But, um, well, what have you watched?
1: I'm curious. Let's see. Um, I'll start with real quickly with TV. My wife and I were watching hacks. Um, I heard that's good. It's fantastic. I mean, like I, it was one of those things where when she was first watching the first was like, I don't want to get into this. I'm not going to get into this. It's just not my, like, thing you know especially like shows about comedians like because i lived um for a chunk of time in my life i lived in a house like full of comedians and we would have comedians from other places like coming like that's what their our place was the place they would stay they actually filmed a um a vice comedy special in our garage after i moved out but like you can see all my posters in the garage like still up there like my chainsaw 2 poster but like uh, they did a show called House on Vice, and, like, the first two episodes, I think, were My Old Apartment, like, The Garage. So, like, I just was like, I don't really want to watch Hacks. I ended up loving Hacks a lot. And uh, my old – actually, my old roommate, the one who was on our show, Solomon, uh, he was uh, – he's in an episode for, like, a hot minute. I didn't tell my wife. I was just like, oh, I can't wait till you watch this episode. And then, sure enough, he shows up. It was great. It was it was fantastic. And my wife didn't know about it. So it was a nice surprise to her when she was like, oh, my God, you know about that? And I was like, yeah, I did. I saw, you know, I heard about it. And, like, it was just nice. And I texted him afterwards. Um, so I watched Hacks. And then my wife's been watching the, um, you were watching this, too, the, um, God, what, the
0: the Flight Attendant? And, oh, I, I haven't watched it yet. But it was one of oh. those, it was if on, it's like one of those HBO Max shows that, like, could be good or could be terrible. I'm not
1: terribly into it like i don't know what it is about it that just like stresses me out watching it and like i know you're supposed it's 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 doing what you're supposed to, it's being stressed out is what you're supposed to feel watching it because um that's the way it's it's done and that's the point the, the point of the whole character and everything but like it just it's driving me nuts when like I'll be in the middle of doing something while she's watching it and it just stresses me out like I feel like like I'm like cleaning dishes and I'm like oh my god I can't do this anymore and like <laughs> um I just it's not something I've been terribly into um but Hacks was really great and then uh you know I just watched some movies uh we um I we finally I finally watched Psycho Gorman um oh, yeah. which what'd you think i liked it i just you know for a movie with that premise i felt like it's it was only an hour and a half but it felt longer and i was like it shouldn't feel longer like there's definitely some moments in there that i feel like could have been trimmed or pumped up a little bit because i'm like this movie shouldn't feel this long um and uh but ultimately i enjoyed it i I, um i I just didn't love it like i was kind of hoping i would but i did like it and um, and then we watched, my wife and I, she really wanted to watch Ouija Origin of Evil, um, which came out a few years ago as a prequel to that terrible Ouija movie. And, like, a lot of people I know love this movie. They really, really? like it. And, yeah, mean, I'm, like,
0: I'm afraid of Ouija boards, for real. I, like, I never use them. Not once in my life have I put my fingertips on one of those things. Because, listen, I've seen, I saw Exorcist at a very young age and I knew better, okay? And that's, even if I don't believe, I still know better.
1: Right. Um, I, uh, Mike Flanagan directed it. He, you know, oh, he did help, uh, yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of like, I just, you know, like I, I'm kudos to him. You know, he's doing his thing, but like, I just, I, there's something about, I, I feel like when I watch his stuff, even if I'm not, if I don't know it's him, I know it's him because I'm like, oh, there's this. It's like, he, he wants too many he 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 there's he has these payoffs in mind, but I don't feel like he does enough work to get there, but other people do, so it's just might be just me and me. But I'm just like I don't feel like any of the stuff that he gets to, like the big moments or the big scares or, yeah. or or I just don't feel like they're earned. I feel like he does like the bare minimum and like look, some people that's cool with them. I just I I went to this whole like tirade after we watched Ouija Origin of Evil and I was like, there's ways to do this fucking movie. Like, and I I was citing like movies like The Exorcist or something like that, where I'm like, it's fucking buildup. You have to fucking like, you work on it. You, 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 you know, scares when something, something's really scary when you've, when you've led up to it properly. And I just feel like he doesn't do that. And like, or he, he, every time there's a moment of brilliance, like there's a moment in Haunting Hill House first episode where I was like, oh my God, I'm going to fucking, I fucking, I'm going to love this. And it's where like Elliot from ET is like telling his son, like, you know, I'm gonna take you out of here. Don't look. Whatever you whatever you do, don't look. And he's like carrying his son out, and his son sees something. Like he sees like an image real quickly, like or something coming at them. And I was like, Oh my god, that's fucking terrifying. And then later on in the show, you get to see it in in its entirety, and I was like, Oh, it's not so scary anymore. Now I know what it is. And it's like that's that's the thing. It's the problem. Like, um, with him, it's just like he's he's yeah he shows too much um when he doesn't have to or when he doesn't when he shouldn't and i just i i don't i was not a fan of ouija origin of evil i know people who were (laughs) i wasn't Um, i've gotten into playing debates about it i get that as for a modern horror film it's better than some but it's not good enough for me there's actually you know for somebody like myself who complains about the 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 recent horror films of the past few years i can actually cite great horror movies that have come out in the past 10 to 20 years so it's not like i'm completely like shut off to like the no, possibility I, agree.
0: I, I i think he's soft is what it is to be honest uh uh i think everything i've watched i've liked of his but it still feels soft it feels yeah. like like exactly what you said like there's these payoffs but like he didn't do anything to get there and so mm-hmm. to me it doesn't feel like a payoff it feels like a two-pound yeah. jump
1: <laughs> exactly it, you know it's like you know, I, it, 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 that's that's you, you. It's perfect. He's soft, and like I just, it's not my cup of tea. And like you know, I, I think that he's. I think there's this whole thing of like the problem with like horror movies these days is that because I feel like they have they're 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 so like, oh, we're just gonna have something jump out and scare the audience. And it's like, well, that sucks because then you you know, it's it's nothing special because of like this mentality, like the new it movies and everything like that. When something like Midsummer comes out, when something you know, um midsummer is my best my best example It's something that comes out people are like oh my god this is the most amazing horror movie ever made i'm like it's really not it's just it's is it better than a lot of the shit that's coming out yeah but that doesn't mean you got to you can't just look at it in context of like everything else is coming out if you're gonna say something that's one of the best horror movies ever made you have to look at it in the context of all the movies that have come before that um not just like the past 10 years so it's like um I, it because these like the way people are making horror movies these days we're getting like you know when when something like midsummer comes out or when like hereditary which i do like a lot um when that mm. comes out though people are like they freak out about it because it's like oh man this is like something we've never seen before it's like yes you have you just haven't yeah. seen it in a long time and that's fine but don't let's not fucking go crazy and speaking of going crazy um george romero Um, had made this 70 in the seventies, he had, you know, for the, the Lutheran society, they commissioned him, why they commissioned the director of Night of the Living Dead. I don't know, but to do kind of like a public service film, educational film about like, um, you know, like the, the difficulties that elderly people face in, um, in society, you know, like the treatment they get and the, the concerns of like their health concerns and also like, you know, um, you know the way that, again the way they're taken care of and uh the way they're treated and he made this film called the amusement park which was you know the lutherans saw it and they were like uh uh-uh, uh no fucking way <laughs> like this is not what we wanted because it's kind of like a weird horror movie and like the it's about this old man who's in, a, in an amusement park and the amusement park supposed to be a metaphor for like society and like the way you know everything works and everything and 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 um for example, there's a scene where he's on like there's these two elderly couple, there's elderly couple that they want to get on the bumper cars. And um, you know, they have to do vision tests and the wife passed, the husband can't, so he's got to be a passenger and they're driving in the bumper cars and it's just like they're not bumping into anybody. It's just like they're just driving around the bumper car track like as if they were just driving on the road. And George Romero is driving in front of them and they and he makes, he goes he makes a left hand t- signal, but he goes right. And they get into an accident and he's like screaming at them. They, she's too old to drive. And what the hell is she doing? And she's like, you don't know your left from your right and blah, blah, blah. And then like all this whole thing happens. And so it's supposed to be a metaphor for like, you know, again, mm-hmm. how, how people, society views elderly people. Um, a lot of people, you know, so uh, the movie finally came out on shutter. It's, it's been on shutter and it's great. Um the shutter released it i watched it a lot of people were like oh my god this is one of the scariest things he's ever done it's amazing and blah blah and it's really well done i think i don't find it to be scary um i actually found it to be incredibly sad and depressing like i was like more like bummed out than i was like wow this is a fucking creepy way of telling this 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 story you know um but it, it didn't I, I feel like a lot of people who are like oh my god it's one of the scariest things I've ever done." it's one of the best things I've ever done i'm like you're saying that because you want to say that you want to believe that you know mm-hmm. i'm not saying i think the amusement park is totally worth watching but i think it's worth watching because i feel like it makes its point where it's like oh yes elderly people are treated like shit in society and um you know we all have to do better um i didn't find it to be scary though interesting note the elderly man in um and it, it is kind of interesting to watch it in the context of George Romero's career, because the elderly man in the amusement park is played by the older cousin, the old man in Martin, the one who's like, oh, yeah, to. Yeah, that's he is the you know, so it's like you get to see him working with Romero for the first time. And obviously that working relationship comes into play later in Martin when he brings him back into Martin. So it, it, as a as a. Uh, a artifact of Romero's career it's awesome to watch I just I, I was expecting you know people really hyped up it's like wow this is gonna be terrifying eh, it's not you know it's good it's really kidding.
0: good I might I might wait a few to watch it um mm-hmm. but I know it's on Shudder which I forget that I have yours but <laughs> yeah and <laughs> so um, I was like I need to start watching Shudder
1: and then uh, Joe Bob did last week. This is gonna be funny. He uh, we're all kind of weirdly in sync. He the first movie he did was Evil Speak with Clint Howard. I, it's a movie I kind of avoided watching because I knew of a big plot point involving a, a puppy. But I was like, I can't, oh, I can't, no. I can't do this. Yeah. I, can't, I can't watch this. And then finally, I was like, all right, I'm gonna watch it because Clint Howard was on the episode, and I really wanted to. I've been wanting to see it. Just I've been wanting to see that part, and that part was exactly as bad as I thought it was gonna be, and I was really bummed out. But like, it's kind of like the. The final straw for this nerd who's been like um, getting picked on and he's been like translating this uh, this evil text that he has found into his his Apple computer and of course he like, you know, at the end of it kind of he goes on this revenge kick and it's great. It's kind of like John Wick if it was supernatural and um, with Mm -hmm. Clint Howard instead of Keanu Reeves. But the movie he showed after that, because he was doing his theme was satanic films or like, you know, whatever he, they did day of the beast, which we did our, for our Christmas episode. So I got to watch that again. And that was, uh, that's, I, I really, you know, I felt this way when we saw it and I felt this way again, when I watched it last week, I just, that movie fucking fantastic. I really enjoy it. Um, and it was nice to see, uh, it was nice to hear the commentary. I mean, like a lot of the stuff, you know, some of the stuff he was saying, but you know, in between the the film were like, Oh yeah, we, we talked about that on the podcast. And then there's some stuff. I was like, man, he did his fucking research. There is shit that I was like, Oh, I didn't know that. That would have been a cool thing for us to mention, you know, when we watched it. But, um, I really do like it. And, um, you know, he, he talked a bit, he talked quite a bit about Alex de Iglesia and um, where he's at as a director right now. And you were just recently watching that HBO show that he did. So, um,
0: yeah,
1: it was a nice full circle moment.
0: A nice little circle. Is that all you watched or, I mean, that's a, I mean, sometimes I mean, you don't I, talk
1: for weeks. I feel like, I feel like, I feel like that was, I mean, like I've, you know, I, I feel like I've, I've, you know, I mean, I watched Joe Bob the week before that when he did, um, yeah. he did, what the fuck were the movies? They were terrible. One was Sledgehammer. And, uh, yeah. one was, Slammer. yeah. And one was a movie called things and they were both shot on video movies and like, they were really pretty rough. Everybody's commented on Twitter about how rough those two were to watch. Um, but he did give a really great speech at the end of it, like you know, like well, yeah, we shat on this movie, but like these people made a fucking movie, you know, like there may not have been talent there, but there was a passion to make something, and that should be always celebrated. And I was like, I really liked that because I, 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 I have no problem trashing a movie where I feel like there's no um, when somebody when I feel like the per- people making it are just making it to like make money and like there's no yeah. there's no there's no drive there's no something deep inside that they're like you know. I'm trying to make something and I'm trying to, whether it's good or not, I want to make it like, I, I feel harder. I feel worse shitting on those movies. Cause it's like, man, they're fucking, they did something, you know, whether or not they, they picked up a camcorder and they like, we're going to fucking make this movie. Um, good for them, you know? So I really liked that speech at the end of his, that episode, but yeah, I mean the movie was fucking terrible. It was a really rough watch, you know? And my wife came home from work and she was like, what is this shit? And I was like, it's exactly what you just said. It's shit. It's, it's a rough watch, but, um, yeah, Psycho Gorman was the one that I, I was really looking forward to the most because, you know, I, I it was right up my alley and then it just was got halfway up my alley, you know. Yeah, I was
0: um, about it. I mean, I watched it a while back, maybe like February it. or something, and uh I just I was like, I wish I liked it more than I did, but I don't. Um but yeah, what did you watch? I watched a ton of fucking shit and some cool stuff. So like I got Apple TV uh included because i got a new phone so they give it to you free for a year so i was like i'm gonna watch the shit out of everything and okay. so i i watched ted lasso uh everyone told me how great it is and that's one of the shows that like it really is and like you don't want to like it i didn't want to like it uh but it's just so heartwarming and it's mm-hmm. like no so funny that you're just like fuck i okay i love it thanks guys i love it ted lasso is about you know an american coach american football coach who goes you know to england to teach uh soccer or football uh, and he has no idea what he's doing and he's going through a divorce and his boss is trying to, you know, take out his legs every step he gets, but like he's somehow still so positive and like loving and warm. And it's like, you want to hate it, but you just can't. It's impossible. Um, so I've also watched dirty John's. So this is the second season. And the first one um, was like a true crime story. And Eric Bana was playing this like con man, basically, who was like stabbed to death by, um, like a kind of like a stepdaughter he was attacking. And this one, the new one, actually I, I gotta find the name of it because there was a TV movie made of her when I was little and I, I remember it. And so when her name came up, I was like, holy shit, I have to watch this. Her name was Betty Broderick. It was a story in the 80s about how she killed her husband, like stalked her husband and his new wife, and then ultimately shot them. And so Dirty John just kind of is is obviously like a glorification of the story but Amanda Pete's in it and she's fucking great. She really yeah. is. Like it made me remember that I liked her, you know, and it's mm-hmm. it been a long time. I think since I've watched her in anything and I was like, what happened to her? I was like, she's great. And then Christian Slater plays her estranged husband who, I mean, the man was born to play roles like this. He just has that face and that voice. That's like, so condescending that like you want her to shoot him. Um do you love Christian it. Slater? I, yeah, Christian Slater is, is great. And it, it, it was honestly way better than I thought it was going to be. And I kind of just went through it so fast. And then I started Big Love. I, I've been on a Paxton kick, you know, so I was like watching things that he's in. And, and someone's like, you've never seen Big Love. And so I started watching that, too. And he's just great. And it reminds me how good frailty is, too. Like one of the best roles of his life was that. And and this is and this is like really great. So I'm still in the first season. I'm not anywhere close. I heard what happens. Um, Henry, Henry New Stanton's in it as Roman have you ever seen it have you ever watched it no really I'm surprised no. these are like I, that's. I you love do. Bill
1: Paxton I know um I want. I do want to tell you this because before I forget uh if you're on a Paxson kick I want you to write this down I want you to YouTube I want everybody to YouTube this because I feel like this needs to be more of a thing it's called Martini Ranch oh. and it was Bill Paxson's band he oh, was a two yeah. he was in a two-man band and they did a music video you'll find it on YouTube it was directed by James Cameron it's, wow. got half, wait, it's got it's got like <laughs> yeah it's got half the cast of near dark and aliens in it um and it was i something i stumbled upon i think it was on night flight i stumbled upon it like an old episode and i i'm on a big so martini ranch if you if you're on a bill paxton i kid, can't you wait can't, you can't overlook it it's fucking fantastic
0: i honestly cannot wait to look that up after this um because he's just great He re- he really is so a yeah. uh, big love, and then um, I started watching The Servant, and I'm still in um, the first few seasons. I think I'm on episode three. The Servant is an M Light, M Night Shyamalan uh, show, and it's it is really disturbing. It's really disturbing to me because I don't like. Uh, I think we we've touched base on creepy children in in shows and stuff, and so yeah. the idea of it is disturbing to me. It's like um you know a young couple um is trying to rebuild their marriage and they have this like nanny slash maid that they come into and then um you discover that the baby is a doll um their baby is a doll and it turns out like their baby died like six weeks prior and you know the wife had a mental breakdown and the only thing that got her out of it was like object therapy which was like a doll and so they treat the doll like it's a real baby Uh, but it's so, it is really disturbing. I mean, I like the tone of it. Um, Lauren Ambrose, um, she was in six feet under she's in it and she's, she's really great. Um, I don't know how it's going to go so far. I think the whole premise is creepy enough to like, keep me wanting to watch it for a while. Mm -hmm. Uh, so that's good. And then another fucking thing on Apple Apple TV was, um, the morning show, which I I didn't want to watch because I don't particularly like jennifer aniston or reese witherspoon and both of them are in the show uh but i i was like i think it won a bunch of emmys like i was like i have to know what the show is about so it's basically like you know good morning behind the scenes at good morning america in the wake of like me too um i feel like i didn't really like most of it until the ending episodes um where most of the drama is, but they are really sad and and devastating. And they kind of show the impact that it has on like these young people trying to come up in the entertainment industry and corporations, you know, people with money, blah, blah, blah. But it it was better than I thought. And then I actually saw, um, some good movies, at least in my opinion that they are good. Um, movie who I talk about all the time. It's one of my favorite streaming apps. Um, everything is curated 30 days. Um, they have this movie called She, and it, um, it was I might butcher this name because I'm so bad at pronouncing anything. But it's Zhao Shangwei um, is the director, and it's a stop motion film, and it takes place in this like fantasy patriarchal, tyrannical society of shoes. Um, it's so cool. It's like one of those films that I watched, and and you know if you read any of the reviews, it's like this is was like a love letter to like film and stop motion and art and it is beautiful. And it's like very inspiring and sad. And so that's probably the first thing I've watched in a really long time that like I felt inspired by, uh, it's great. It's on movie. Um, and then I watched inside by Bo Burnham. Um, oh, now I'm, yeah. I, I like Bo Burnham. I'm not particularly, I don't think he's, oof, I don't, I don't want to say anything bad, but like, he's just not usually my cup of tea. Um, and then it's funny. Cause, uh, What's that movie that he was just in? Promising I mean, Young Woman. Yes, Promising Young Woman. Someone was like, I'm still mad at him for his role in that. I was like, I think I am too. But I did watch it and I I loved it. It is, it's just like exactly what you think. Everyone's like, yeah, it's just like guys take on isolation and depression. And, you know, uh, I think, I think it's kind of like a good thing to come out because it, it also made me feel like, okay, like everyone is going through this. This is still like what everyone yeah. is experiencing the loneliness of it all. And then like being creative during that, like what what the fuck are you supposed to do? So I thought it was kind of brilliant and and that's on Netflix. And I really liked that. Um, I watched this short um, by Ian Gonzalez who did knife heart. Um, it's called islands. It's on um, shutter. And it was a recommendation by my friend max. And cause he was like, this is up your alley. And I was like, so I watched it and I was like, I fucking loved it. Like, I wanted to cry. It's only 23 minutes long and it's like weird and, and, and strange and erotic. And like, it, it, I, I don't want to yeah. ruin it because it's, it's very like art house type of film, but like, it goes into like shame and desire and like need and like, I don't know. I fucking loved it. I loved yeah. it. Um, and it came out before knife Art actually. So it was this short and then knife heart. And so I think Shudder just released it, or maybe he just found it on there and was like, Holy shit. Um, mm-hmm. You know, this, this is up her alley, but I, f- I fucking loved it. And then um, I rewatched. Um, oh yeah. I, 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 haven't seen any of the newer horror movies have come out yet. I wanted to see spiral, but I heard it's really bad. I want to see a quiet place in the theater. So I'm waiting for someone to watch number one. So I can go to the theater and see number two with somebody. Mm-hmm. And then I saw the conjuring. Now I I probably would have liked it maybe better in a theater, but the conjuring, um the devil made me do it. Yeah. Is like the next installment, and like I love the Warrens. I like they're they they were real people, they lived in Connecticut, they had this whole thing. It was it's very uh you know
1: I don't love the Warrens, which is why I've avoided why? yeah, I'm
0: surprised. You're you're I'm the critic and you're the I feel like you're the believer. And I feel like though I always thought the Warrens were really cool like one of the one of the tales in the story here and about like possession and like witchcraft which i thought was a cool idea and then but the it's so cheesy and they there's like so many tropes in it like it's funny because i was watching it and someone's like what the hell like another dead uh zombie guy like running really fast through it and i was like we don't need this anymore (laughs) like can we stop doing that to to people like there's enough scary things in the world that we can do without this trope um but there's also some shots that like have no business being in that film i'm like this is really cool like that looks there's like this dream where he's like going in and out of reality you know because he's the best. uh but there's like some such cool shots that i was like this is beautiful and this doesn't belong in this film um but i still love um both the actor and actress who plays um lorraine and ed i i yeah. they're great they're better looking versions of Patrick the real Wilson yeah,
1: Familia, and, yeah. Yeah,
0: Familia, Famisia. I don't know how to pronounce her name, but she's she's great. I I do really enjoy her. Um, yeah, and and so it's okay. Like I feel like everything that's been coming out lately, and that's another reason why I haven't gone to the theaters because like I haven't really wanted to see anything. Right. Um, and so I'm just waiting for stuff to come out. You know, um, Edgar Wright's new movie. Yeah, Last Night in Soho. Is it Last Night in Soho? Mm-hmm. Um, Something in So last hurrah in Soho. Anyway, um, that's coming out, and then the Green Knight, which I really can't wait for. So the and yeah. Dune and Dune.
1: I'm 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 interested in Dune. I'm gonna see it because I'm a fan of the book. I'm a fan of the David Lynch movie, but um, I'm not. Uh, I don't know how I, I don't know. I've got my feelings about it. I'm also I like, to- I,
0: I, that's I. I feel like that's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, no,
1: well, uh, okay. no 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 i just i i feel like um i'm I'm gonna ch- i'm I'm interested i'm gonna check it out uh i like i said i love the book you know it's it's um i saw the david lynch movie before i read the book and and i didn't realize until i read the book that how like how different the david lynch movie truly is to the book but um i grew up i mean the, the books got, the movie's got a, a special place in my heart you know it's like you know, I, I distinctly remember my mom renting it when it came out on video and, and being petrified by a certain scene of it that, like, you know, either scarred me, but like it also drew me to, like, wanting to, to, you know, I ended up having all the Dune, like, I had the Dune, I, I found it recently, the Dune storybook, which was like a kid's book version, you know, it was one of those tie-ins, you know, it was a hardcover. I still, I found the, the thing where I was trying to write, this is Mickey's book, you know, Touch and Die, you know, <laughs> um, I didn't spell a lot of it right, but... Um I had the action figures you know I I really I I I I was very I I very much love it was my introduction to David Lynch too you know which is funny because it's the movie's not indicative of a lot of his stuff but um I, I'm going to go see the new one I just it's the lead actor that I just I am not I'm not as Tim- wowed Timothy? by Timothy yeah. Really Yeah well, how does, how does you, didn't job... see,
0: you didn't see wait did you watch um
1: Call me by your name Yeah no, I did not.
0: Well, what the I fuck, know. dude?
1: I know that was I know. his
0: role. That was his breakout. And beautiful yeah. boy. Mm-hmm. Beautiful boy. made me like Steve Carell, and I really don't. But um, except for that weird wrestling movie that he did. But uh, I think you're wrong about little uh, little Timmy there. I think he's,
1: I, what is John Mulaney calls him the boy. Um, he's
0: yeah, the boy, and he's like so beautiful. He's like a just an alien from outer space. I think that's why well, I like him.
1: I mean, I'm going to see it. So, and I'm going to see that one in the theater. I, 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 that's one I refuse to watch on HBO Max because I'm like, that's got to be seen in the theater and appreciated. And it's, uh,
0: I agree. I think I don't know how to pronounce his name right, but I thought it was Villeneuve, um, in French. Psh, should be wrong. Or, but, uh, he's a genius. He's great. I, I think um, I've watched 2049 like a hundred times.
1: I have, I've only watched it the one time in the the theater and I loved it. So I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to watch it again. Um, there's no reason why I haven't watched it again except for other, other than the fact that I'm just like, oh, yeah, I got to put that on my list. And then, of course, it, it enters a list of, like, 50 movies that I want to watch. And then I, when, I, when I go to decide to watch a movie, I'm like, what am I going to watch? I don't know what to do. And then I just, like, panic. And then I just end up watching something I've seen a million times. So um, that's, on, that's on me. Uh, <laughs> but I did really enjoy Blade Runner a lot. Um, I, I, I think it, it, was the, it was one of those rare times when someone makes a sequel to something way after the fact and actually can make it feel... It didn't make me go, oh, I just would rather watch. Like, like when I watched Train Spotting 2, which I thought was a good movie, but all it really did at the end of the day is made me go, I just really want to watch Train Spotting 1. Blade Runner twenty was it twenty forty nine? Like I was like I can I I I, I could watch both of these movies back to back and be completely happy, you know? Yeah. Um. That was really, and that's that's I think it's a really rare achievement. I think that they really. I'm not surprised that it, it bombed. It bombed for the same reasons why the original bombed. You know, people were like it's boring. It's just I me. Mean, you're a fucking idiot. Like.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um.
1: It'll get reappraised again, and people will be like, you know, that was actually a pretty great fucking movie. Um. But yeah, uh, should we? Yeah.
0: Yeah, now to our our, our feature. Uh, so, I think you should give the synopsis because you found this movie, right? And so well, I want you to tell me how you. found
1: it. And- all right. So one, I've heard about it a while. I mean, I read about it in the Psychotronic Encyclopedia, and I've 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 heard about this movie a bit. Scream Factory did a, a release of it, and then um, they were like, "Oh, it's going out of print. We're we're losing the rights to it." So oh, you know, the DVDs. Going. So I immediately picked up a copy of it because I was like, "I I it was, it had been a weird movie that I kind of heard in like." Sporadically, like I said, like, I read about it in Psychotronic. I heard about it before. Um, I'd gone on it, like I was going on a carradine kick, and like I, I think I stumbled across hearing about it, but I never had I had an opportunity to watch it until I got it uh, right before the pandemic. And um, I kind of want to preface this with like we did a movie in I think it was February. We did the baby, oh, yeah. and I, I feel I feel like this movie is the baby's evil twin. Mm-hmm. Um, Sunny Boy is the movie we did. It's from nineteen eighty nine. And it's a movie about these two criminals who um, they basically, more or less, they end up like kidnapping this child or keeping this child that is definitely not theirs. And um, they raise it in a very abusive environment like um, they, you know, the 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 criminal couple is Paul Smith, who was actually in the original David Lynch Dune go figure. Yeah. He also played Bluto, he was in Pieces. He's a he's one I really love him as a character actor. He doesn't really like um you, you he's always going to play the character he's going to play, you know? Like you you you're not you're not going to expect him to play a sympathetic character. Uh, he was also in uh, Sam Raimi's second movie called Crime Wave, which I think is criminally underrated. Sam Raimi hates it. Bruce Campbell hates it. I think it's fantastic. He, um, but- he,
0: it's funny because he's like he's just known as this type. He plays Bluto in mm-hmm, – mm-hmm. he's just like a big brutish man. He also is in this movie called Cage Fury, which I saw with Eric Estrada, uh, yeah. which is about like a female prison break, which everyone should watch at some point if you can find it.
1: Um, his girlfriend in that movie is played by David Carradine in drag um who plays a transvestite. Um and they're just they're criminals. They he basically Paul Smith is like he kind of like runs. He's this criminal that kind of basically like owns this fucking small town in New Mexico. Anyway, they get a they get a hold of this child. Carradine wants to keep it. Paul Smith wants to kill it. Uh Paul Smith eventually like decides to raise it. Um, they decide to raise it. Paul Smith uh on the child's sixth birthday they cut out its tongue or sixth or eighth birthday. And they just they raise him in a box and then they like basically when they need to They set him loose on people that they consider enemies and stuff like that. And, um, and, you know, the boy doesn't, you know, he's a feral at this point. He's like, what, 18? He's like feral and he doesn't really understand much about like human interaction. And so basically the only thing he knows is these, these two people. And um, so he, he kind of comes this weird, I don't know, like, I I guess, this feral monster that like attacks people on command um, like almost like a dog, you know, like they, they raise him like this, like animal and, um, but it's a, uh, so that's the basic synopsis. I'm trying to think of a, a it's all, but I mean, it's clear. It's very much clearly a movie about um, child abuse, you know, and, and, and what happens. You know,
0: I mean, we watched a few like the, you know, like similar, you know, like the Wish Who Came from the Sea, like what happens to people when they're brought up in this terrible environment. But exactly. it, it's it's weird. It's weird. This movie's weird. I I loved it, and I know you, loved it. um, but this movie's like fucking wild. It's also like weirdly poetic, and it goes yes. like into yes. it, the the basis of existence, like it does can this being form thought and in, in feelings and fielding so uh it's fucking wild dude
1: yeah it's uh so i mean what i love about this movie is 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 really the cast i mean you got paul smith who like i said he plays this like he always plays a monster in movies, you know, just w- in some variation, like, you know, he, he never plays a good guy, except for in pieces where he plays a red herring, where you think he's the villain, but he's really not. He's just a crazy guy with a chainsaw who's like the groundskeeper, <laughs> but he's not the villain. Um, but, um, you know, their, their associates are, um, you know, one of them is Brad Dourif who, great- I, I mean, I will, I will always think Brad Dourif along with Harry Dean Standard, like two of the greatest character actors of all time the only the only flaw about brad durf and i don't think it's a flaw it's just it's it's really just one thing where i'm like when he laughs a certain way i can't on un- I, I if i'm not looking at the screen i'm like oh it's child's play you know like mm-hmm. that chucky voice that he's got is he it's 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 like um it's almost like mark hamill with the joker you know like you when you when you hear him when he's not playing Luke Skywalker when he's playing something else I can hear the Joker you know when when Brad Dourif when he he has a certain laugh and he has it in a lot of movies except for one fool of the cuckoo's nest go figure but I'm always like oh it's fucking Chucky you know and um but Brad Dourif plays one of their henchmen the other actor and I, I did have his name and I, I I wrote it down and I forgot it um he the other actor who plays like their other henchman you know the other guy that they work that works for them. He was in one Pool of a cuckoo's nest. Uh-huh. He plays like the neurotic, you know, he's like, I want my cigarettes. Nurse Ratchet, I want my cigarettes. He's that guy. He's also in Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead, which is where I first saw him. He plays the guy in the the where the, the factory floor. That like I just remember him always calling Sue Ellen. A oh trooper. Yeah. yeah! Oh weird!
0: Yeah. That's disturbing. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's the only other the only two movies I've seen him in besides Sunny Boy are One Foot with the Cuckoo's Nest and, and Don't Tell Mom Babysitter's Daddy. He's a great character actor as well, um. But uh, you know they they basically they the the Brad Dourif and the other henchmen they they kind of are responsible for. They decide they they get a little greedy. They want to get you know they want they 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 kind of want to use the boy for their own um uh purposes and they let him they accidentally let him loose and he ends up like because he's like a feral kid running around town and he ends up like becoming the town monster like they really like they're i mean it's the it's the 1989 equivalent of the pitchforks and the torches like like they're chasing you know exactly and it's really sad um it's also like really i mean I know this is going to sound weird but the movie's funny too. Like if for a movie that deals with such a harsh harsh subject matter, there are moments of there I mean, yeah, like, this
0: is like a horror comedy. Like it's definitely like a black comedy. There's mm-hmm. like things that like don't make any sense but like are really great in it. So like when they first decide to keep the baby, uh yeah. Blue, which is his name and Pearl, uh Slew like holds up the baby in the in the fucking horizon. And everyone's like, oh, like, uh, you know, plans to, like, have this, like, murderous, you know, god trap. Right. Uh, and, and, and so, he- and then, like, he has this vision of him painting. But the, the, the painting is, like, really fucking weird. <laughs> I don't I don't know what to make of that, but Invered it was like
1: abstract art, yeah.
0: yeah. and then you have like, you know, um, the voiceover monologue of of the monster of the baby, you know, which is also mm-hmm. kind of funny because then you feel bad because he's like going through things and he's like, why they hate me. I don't understand. And like it, it's that it, you forgot a couple birthdays too where they basically set him on fire to make his skin tough. Um, yeah, and then they, they are chaining him to the, they chained him to a truck and they're like
1: <laughs> driving and
0: <laughs> yeah, this movie's fucking so weird and very sad, but like also kind of funny. Like I, I don't, it's, it's like one of those things where like, I wasn't giggling, but I would like laugh out loud at like some joke <laughs> and then I'd be like, feel weird about it. You know,
1: there's a line where like, you know, Brad Durf talking to Paul Smith and he's like, you
0: think he's right in the head?
1: Sunny boy and Paul Smith just looks at me and goes, "What the fuck are you talking about?" And it's like it's a it made me laugh, you know. And then there's but there, the one thing about this movie and I I forgive it because I feel like it needs to. It's just that there's a few moments that are very heavy-handed where like it it'll tell you the point right there in a scene. Like they'll, a character will literally say something and I go, "You know, I'm going to forgive this movie because I, you know, maybe some people wouldn't get it, but there's like a scene where they're all like the town people are all like rallying about, like, they're going to go hunt the monster, or they're going to stop the monster, and the doctor in the town is, like, the one good care, one of the, like, two good characters in the movie, and he's had a problem with this thing from the very beginning, but he even says, he's like, you know, um, no, you guys let this happen. Like, everybody knew about this, this thing, like, these people and these monsters doing this, you know, doing these terrible things, and now you're going to reap what you sow, you know, and it's like, ah, oh, yep, yeah, that's, that's what, that's, you know, that's very heavy handed. It's very on, on the nose, but like, I, I forgave it because it's like, yeah, sometimes the movie needs it because it is the tone does shift from being like really fucking sad to being kind of like funny, you know? And like, but again, or, or there's a moment where they're talk, Brad Dourif and the other guy are talking about like, they're like, Oh, we're simply going to borrow the creature. And it's like, yeah, that's a heavy handed reference to like they're, they're, this child, this, this boy has been so dehumanized you know that like you know now they're referring to him as the creature and it's like okay maybe that's a little too much but i get it i get the point
0: but Um, also you have parts like a cop comes by just to like see you know and and see about the baby and like he fucking takes like a cannon and blows the cop to smithereens, which is really fucking funny to me and like there's like weird things like that and it's just like so hilarious and even the ending you know like I think David Carradine said it was like, it's like between Bonnie and Clyde and the baby, and the, like, I don't know, probably some of the movie he said, but uh, it is You're very much like, there's like, like a shootout yeah. scene, and like David, they're trying to protect the baby, and then there's like that weird hug scene. Which I thought was like real but it like looked really demented still and I was like, What the fuck?
1: <laughs> well yeah, so like Paul Smith is raising this this boy, like he explains to him a few times where like he's like, I raised you the way I was raised and look what's look what's become of you. Like he's like he's in, in in and this is the fucked up part, and this is the part that like makes you kind of like sick to your stomach, is that you realize that in both Paul Smith's case and David Carradine's case, they view how their relationship with the boy as like like Paul Smith's like, I'm doing this to to make you uh to make you stronger. Like I, you know, it's like it's a form of affection. It's just disgusting. And then David Carradine's character, who's letting all this shit happen, who's also fucked up in the head, is is in her way, is is a form of it's like it's these these perverse, disgusting uh, forms of affection. But yeah. like to them, it's it's legit. It's genuine. And like and so that the scene you're referring to, where like there's there's the, the building's burning, and like Paul Smith pulls him in, I couldn't tell if it was like is that like a the one fatherly embrace he gives him, or is he trying to keep him in the you know you're yeah, coming with uh, you yeah.
0: know you can't really and, tell from Paul's face, uh, Paul yeah. Smith is loose. Uh and it yeah. did leave some room to ponder, but um, I won't ruin ruin the rest, whether or and,
1: not. And, yeah, and I won't ruin the rest either. I, I feel like the ending at first, I was like. I was like, "Oh, you know, that's a weird happy ending, I guess." But then I thought about it, and it kind of reminded me of the happy ending, quote unquote, in Near Dark where I'm like, "I don't think it's a happy ending. I think it's left in the air of like can anybody who's been this fucked up and and has done these fucked up things truly live a normal life afterwards?" And they never answer the question. They just kind of yeah. throw like they throw the question there, and I like that. I really I didn't find the ending to be out of place when I thought about it. I was like, that's a really fucking fantastic ending. And I, again, I go back to near dark where like, you know, she's been cured of this vampirism and they're, they embrace in the sunlight or in the sun's peering in, but the look on her face isn't exactly like, Oh, everything's great now it's kind of like what the fuck am i gonna do with my life now like i've murdered all these people i've done these things so it kind of reminded me of near dark in the same type of way where it's like these characters have committed these things and can they live a normal life afterwards even if they have the you know even if they're kind of like reoriented onto the right path can they truly go down that and i really i really love that what I, i this movie is I mean, it's so weird to me because, like, you know, it's like I said, it's it's a great character actor um, smorgasbord. I mean, like, there's so many great people in this movie. Like, Carradine's fucking fucking fantastic as always. I really, even when David Carradine's in in a bad B movie, I find him to be so amazing. And he wrote the music, like the song that keeps playing.
0: Yeah, of of course he did. David Caratine is a real one. Anyone who dies, I feel like of erotic association is probably a real one in life yeah. anyway. Um, it, it's funny because I thought about this because the director, who's Robert Martin Carroll, who Carol. really hasn't done much else, um, he made the choice, I guess, in the original screenplay, the the baby who is now like this man hmm. man beast uh, was. A monster monster looking if you watch this film it's a very attractive Mm -hmm. young man and so i guess the director thought it was like more tragic that way that he was like a good looking man which honestly there's a scene in there that i like think about often and it's really strange because he's so good looking too but like still doing these things that he gets like attraction from people and there's this part where like you see again that like someone like it to me it felt weird like she's trying to you know show him like obviously he has a fondness towards females in this movie and there's uh one scene where like he escaped and he's he's found by like a female friend who like saw him out in the wild one day or whatever and she's like trying to teach him how to kiss and it was like so weird to me because i felt like i was like he's just gonna be abused his entire life because like people can recognize the, the weakness in his mind and just like make him do things and i was like that's really fucked up but I was like, I wonder if that was all his intention. It's like, he's tragically a beautiful man. And like, he's he was made to be a monster. And it's like, very, it's very interesting. Yeah. It's very, very interesting. It's like, really funny and, and strange. And I think it's kind of cool.
1: Robert Martin Carroll, the director, he, another movie, he did a short film in like, I think it was the 2000s, where and I was like, of course, after I saw this movie, I was like, of course this is the plot, where a woman co- contemplates <laughs> yeah. or considers selling her baby for rent. Yeah, and I'm like that was like that that's right this guy's alley um Graham Whiffler who was the screenwriter he directed a bunch of music videos for the residents which was like this very famous cult band of like you know they just they're weird almost like performance art like you should look them up and he did a bunch of music videos for them when I made that connection I was like oh I can see this guy's mindset um he also it, here's the weird thing. he did he he did a bunch of music videos for the residents he co-wrote uh, he he wrote this movie and then he co-wrote Dr. Giggles. And then at first I was like, what the fuck? And then I, I thought about the last time I rewatched Dr. Giggles. I was like, oh my God, the, there's clearly a different movie in Dr. Giggles. And then it was like, no, no, no. We want it to be more like a, an 80s slasher movie. And so you can see hints of this other movie. Like this kind of like Dr. Giggles is a comedy, you know, it's um, I think they were trying to push it more towards a horror movie by the studio. But um, it definitely there's moments I was like, oh, this is meant to be fucking This is meant to be like kind of like a perverse joke. And uh, I I see that now when I, when I, um when I, when I consider the screenwriter Um, it was produced.
0: Yeah, go ahead. ahead. uh, You go. I I was actually going to say about like, if you go through the IMDb trivia, you know, you'll see that he said that he got this idea from like a pack of bikers at a bar that were like telling him this like wild story about like how they raised a, a fucking baby murderer beast and i was like <laughs> oh my knowing God. Know, knowing a lot of biker stories i feel like that's probably true and it made me laugh because i was like you know half of those stories are, are fantasy and then half of them are real so you have to like play this like kind of mind game of like believing and not believing everything that you hear so i thought sure. i thought that was really funny but yeah I, I, it was also picked up by finally by trans world um entertainment right yeah which put out Maniac and many, many other like cool B-ish horror movies.
1: I'm, I'm a, the producer was Ovidio. I'm gonna mispronounce this name. Ovidio Asinidis, Asinidis. Uh, He, um, he produced this movie, but he directed one of my favorite Exorcist knockoffs called Beyond the Door, mm-hmm. um, which got a, Arrow did a great release of, um, not too like within the past two years. Uh, it's a fantastic movie. I think it's on Shudder. If not, it's on the Arrow channel. If you get if you get that subscription. Um, but uh, Beyond the Door is a great exorcist knockoff with Juliet Mills, Haley Mills, sister. Um, but he also produced um, The Curse, mm-hmm. uh, which is a movie I mentioned a few months ago when we did a stay at home it was a curse was a an early 80s or mid, uh, an 80s take of uh, The Color of Mounted Space the movie that ended up getting made with Nicolas Cage and Will Wheaton in it. He produced that. So uh, he's got some really weird credits in his, and he also co-directed Piranha too. Um, But yeah, I I truly, I truly love um, this movie. I feel like every character in his own way, even the doctor, even the nice girl there, there's a gr- there's a grotesqueness to all of them. Like there's there's also this beautiful woman who's part of the town. Um, she lo- you know, beautiful, but until she opens her mouth and you see these rotted, yeah. disgusting teeth. <laughs> yeah. You're like, oh man, it's like um I love it. There's a there's a weird it it I feel like this movie gets a lot easier to watch or understand when you view it as a fairy tale, like a darker fairy tale. So all the characters are not like they're not these super nuanced characters, they're more abstract. Um and I really liked that. I also feel like this movie is visually stunning. Like it's just like there were so many gorgeous shots in this movie that I was like, oh, my God, like um, almost, you know, I don't want to say it was almost like so good. It didn't belong in the movie, but it was just like yeah. it, it kind of it's jarring because you have this like grotesque plot line, this comedic delivery of that plot line. And then you have these amazing, beautiful, and like you, were, I think you you nailed it when you said poetic, very poetic shots. Um, this movie is just this weird, like tone poem about child abuse, and it's oh, it was just so good, and I was like, it was well worth the the wait. Um, it's a tough movie to find now. Um, I know you had a, some difficulty finding it, but um, I, I feel like it's going to get re released by somebody because I mean, Scream. Chow factory lost the, the the rights to it so somebody else is going to pick it up but it was one of those movies that i'd heard about for a long time and then shout released. it was like "Ooh, again it was like that like i'll just i'll i gotta make a note of that i will i will watch that at some point and then i didn't and then right before they were like we're gonna pull the plug on it i was like oh, i gotta grab a copy and it was it was oh so good and like you're right the end of the movie is i think it was brad dorf who said it was like did he say it was like I thought it was him who said Bonnie and Clyde meets Rocky Horror Picture Show.
0: Oh yeah, that's um, what it was. It was the baby yeah. Bonnie and Clyde and Rod- Rocky Horror Picture Show, which I agree in in a in a, mm-hmm. in a way.
1: Um,
0: mm-hmm. But it's it so is. It, is like, I really yeah. did like this.
1: Yeah, it's it's um it's a gem. It's it's a it's one of my favorite ones, and and I realize that like you know, kind of what we talked about earlier. I mean, it does. It kind of falls into like a lot of the other movies we've done, like which you came from the sea. Um, martin which is i mean i also think is a movie about you know abuse where it's like this this poor kid thinks he's a vampire and he's clearly got issues and he's got a relative he's going to stay with who's going to like reinforce those those issues you know like and and kind of like play off those and and same thing here where it's just like um yeah it's again it's a really sad but also perversely funny movie about child abuse which is a sentence i never thought i would say out loud but um, you got to kind of have to see it to kind of understand like the, yeah. And I, I really wish that Robert Martin Carroll had done more. I wish everybody, you know, the two, the screenwriter and the director both had done way more as far in the lines of, of Sonny boy, because it's, it's, I mean, this was, this was a, it was a great movie. It, it like you know, you were said, it, it got shot two years before it got released, but I don't, I don't think this movie did very well because I can't see it doing well. You know, I didn't look up any of the box office stuff, but it was like, I can't imagine this movie being like, No, a, I guess, it's too weird.
0: It, I guess it got pulled, uh, I mean, according to trivia, I didn't actually fact check any of this, but I guess it, like, premiered, and then since it got no ticket sales, it was just pulled, so it really didn't get, yeah. like, an audience, you know, a theater yeah. audience at all, but, I mean, I could also see some people's 1989, you know, like, uh, it, it was just a different time, too, but um i'm sure people saw that and was like huh interesting you
1: know, and one thing that i thought of watching it now was i was like i don't think this movie could get made now this way yeah like i, I feel agree. like if it's made now it'd be too it would be like no no we're gonna handle this as direct as possible because of the subject matter and i feel like this was actually the the best way to do it because i mean you really everything all the pieces were were right fit right into place, you know, like the, the, the young man played the sunny boy. Like he is, he's an attractive kid. And like it, it does, it makes it harder, you know, to, um, I don't know. I feel like it'd be too easy on the audience. If you did make him like a Frankenstein, a Quasimodo or anything like that, it makes it harder to digest when he's like a good looking kid who just has to weird, put on a weird bag head, um, and, uh, gets, you know, dragged around by a fucking, chain you know it's just it's uh it's very sad and and very beautiful and i i really 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 enjoyed this movie like i was i texted you right after i watched it i was like i i fucking love this movie i can't wait to talk about it because yeah. um it, it it stuck with me and i think that's that's a sign of a great movie when you like you know days afterwards you're like man just I don't know who I can show it to. It's not a movie. Like it's it's there's a there's a few movies in my my collection that I'm like oh man like I just like I we were, I was talking about one last night same movie by Alex de Iglesia called Perdita Durango which I had talked about one of our first podcasts and we were talking about like really weird movies that deserve more recognition. I was like there's this movie it, uh, that I have on video and I you know was talking about that and I was talking about it last night with somebody where I was like they were like oh I really want to see this movie now because they saw a trailer for it at Joe Bob's thing and I was like yeah. That's a movie I don't know who I can show to. Same thing with Sunny Boy, where it's like, there's a. I know I could show it to you, but like, you know, yeah. You don't know who you don't and know who you're gonna show. show
0: it to. You guess.
1: No, exactly. I agree.
0: There's there's like some movies, but like, you know, that you kind of have to have a preface for because you're like, it's so cool, but let me explain. <laughs> you know, uh, right. but I I really did. I feel the same, and I'm I'm glad that you uh, you brought this up and that I was I was able to find it through torrent. I don't, um, you know, do whatever the fuck you want. If you can't find this movie otherwise, like I couldn't fucking tore the shit out of it. All it's gonna do is create word and hopefully get a re-release, to be honest. In my
1: eyes. I agree. And and Tubi um had it for a while and then they lost the that's the other reason why I think it's gonna get another re-release, is because Tubi had it. And then when they drop something, it's usually because somebody else is going to
0: release it.
1: Release it. Well, that's yeah. Like and cool. then, yeah. Yeah. And I I, I the only problem I have with the, the Scream Factory DVD, if you find a copy on eBay, which is, you know, right now it's going to go for a lot because it's out of print, but um, is it's it's kind of bare bones. You got commentary by the director and the screenwriter, which is cool. Um, but I would love to see like kind of like a, I would love to see more um, retrospective stuff. Like I would love to hear what Brad, I'd love to hear more about Brad Dwarf. Obviously we can't hear about David Carradine. Um, also that fucking song that he writes in it, because it plays three times in the movie yeah. and I'm like, <laughs> How do I find a copy of that song? Because it's actually really fun- good. and and the first few lyrics of that song are on his uh tombstone.
0: Mm-hmm. I bet it's on YouTube for real. God bless yeah. like YouTube uploaders because they can find mm-hmm. some like weird obscure shit. But uh yeah, I, again I loved it, and if you can find it and watch it, please do because uh it's it's worth it.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, that's uh that's gonna be our episode. Yeah, um, that's our show, guys, folks. You've got some homework. You gotta look up Martini Ranch. Oh yeah, and uh, yeah. I gotta look up the song on YouTube from Sunny Boy. And uh, yeah, hit us up on Instagram, video underscore vampires. Let us know if you've seen Sunny Boy and your thoughts. And uh, I'd like to. I'd like this movie to get more of a a push. So let's let's work on that. Yeah. you know let's go push get the this shit movie. out of it.
0: Get this movie into
1: more uh
0: four K yeah. restoration. <laughs>
1: yeah, fuck it. Oh, that would be beautiful. That would. Be <laughs> I really think it would. Yeah, um, it would be. A hot, a hot movie.
0: <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys.
1: Bye. I'm looking for a place Where the dogs don't bite the Children don't cry And everything always goes just right And brothers don't bite Maybe it's
0: just over that hill Maybe it ain't Maybe there's gold at the end of this ring